I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. Hey everyone, it's Emily Schramm, and I am back with another podcast for our beautiful podcast-a-thon we are doing. This is because one, Emily uh, had way too many backlogged, and they're all so good, and it was just like, just do it all. And two, because I am... I, I don't know. I think we'll just stay with one. That's why. <laughs> There's That's the reason. So we've done talks about my hibernation right now, what I'm kind of thinking about in the terms of what's next for me. We did one with Joy and Claire, which was incredible, a great conversation. We've done one on sound healing. And today we are doing one on herbs. I love herbs. Herbs are... <sighs> I just, I don't know if it's because I'm 96th percentile of Neanderthal. I don't know if it's because I was an herbalist in another life. I don't know what it is, but my dream is to go on a farm and make it all an herb farm, maybe some chickens. And it's, that's my dream. And guess what I got to go to? I got to go to an herb farm in Medford, Oregon. It was the coolest experience to see over 70 organic herbs in this beautiful farm, uh, you know, and it just blew my mind that there is not just this amazing process that happens when the herb is grown and now all of a sudden you can take it and put it into a tincture, whether it's a glycerin tincture, alcohol tincture, you can spray it on your tongue to have better sleep. You can put it on your tongue to digest things better. You can make tinctures out of it. It's like, yes, we know all these incredible properties and you guys should seriously see my herb closet. It's like incredible. (laughs) But what happens before it's in the bottle? Nobody thinks about that. It's everything is energy. And if you do not energetically create treat your herbs and your plants in a beautiful way, it will not affect you the way it needs to. I mean, think about it like this. We have marijuana, right? THC, the psychoactive component, and CBD, the non-psychoactive component. And so people extract CBD and they put it in things, including sodas and dog food. And I believe that it does have some powerful benefits, but only if the CBD is full spectrum. I think I've, I mean, I, you guys know, I love supplements. We're going to do a podcast on supplements. It's just my favorite thing in the world. But also I love them because I've taken a lot of bad supplements that didn't do anything. And then I've taken ones that actually did do something. And then you feel the difference. It's like, okay, CBD might be helpful. Sometimes that's placebo, which is a very real thing. Uh, It can definitely help with like very intense, you know, whatever I'm trying to say is the reason that I felt the difference was because it was full spectrum. So I have this theory that, and I'm sure there's science somewhere about it, but when you try to take one from the other and there's 0% THC or 0% CBD, you are going to change what it does in your body. There's things like adaptogenic herbs, right? So adaptogenic herbs are something that help you adapt to stress. This is what is so rad about it. They can help you if you're high stress, they'll help bring it down, or they can help you when you're low stress, it would bring you up. And they tend to figure it out on their own. There's ones that like ashwagandha, that's more for bringing it down, rhodiola, that's more for bringing it up. But you guys get the point, like it's just so crazy that the plant will figure out what you need and it will do it. 
take it apart, not so much. I'm going on this long tangent because I went to Herb Farm and all of a sudden I realized how much goes into finding and sourcing and growing your own ecosystem where you can grow 70 plus organic herbs and I was just in love. It was the coolest experience. So I had Alexis Durham. She's the head herbalist of Herb Farm. I got to podcast with her. So there's another podcast. Then I got to uh, go to Herb Farm and meet her and go through a tour of Herb Farm with like yarrow all over my body. And then I am podcasting her today because we're talking about immunity. That was a very long way to say we're talking about immunity and how to not get sick. If you do get sick, we're going to talk about that too. But I just wanted to share some of the few herbs that I love, what I do for immunity, what I do when I'm getting sick. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear this podcast. It's great. Before I get into it, I wanted to do a more intro to my take on when you get sniffles. This is not a reflection of Herb Farm. This is just my own personal kind of guidance that I give my clients and my peoples. Um, the first thing is, as soon as you feel like you're getting sick, pound the zinc. I have a zinc glycinate that I am obsessed with and it is so good because it is just like great for skin, hair, nails, immunity, hormones, all of it. Most of us need it. If I'm getting sick, just down it. It's so great. So one to two capsules, um, especially if you're in the middle of the sickness. And then what I really love is herbs like we're going to talk about today. So uh, Alexis and I are going to talk about some of the tinctures that they have. I am obsessed with just taking those herb farm tinctures and putting them in hot water with lemon and sipping on it as many times as I can. We'll talk about the benefits with Alexis. Uh, and then I'm just a huge believer in the vitamin C. So I think it's just pounding the vitamin C and making sure that you are getting it through lots of different sources. I avoid things like emergency, but I really love how much vitamin C is in things like vegetables, which is the last thing you want. But I promise once you start doing it, you'll crave it. Uh, Brussels sprouts, obviously some fruits and everyone thinks of citrus. But uh, what I really love is... Uh, vitamin C through tea. So rose hips and hibiscus. And that is my Victress blend that I'm, a, I'm in love with. Uh, and the, also, the last thing I'll say is stop working out when you're sick. There's some things about blood flow that make it helpful and good. But for the most part, it is just going to decrease your ability to build muscle. So if you're walking or maybe doing a little spin, uh, nothing high intensity, just rest and recover. If you are basically trying to build muscle, but your immune system's tanked and it's trying to fight something, then the last thing it's going to do is help you build muscle. So it actually backfires. So hopefully that gives you, you crazy exercise nuts, some, you know, excuse to finally take a day off <laughs> if you are getting sick. Truly your immune system, 80 to 90% of it is in your small intestine. So you have to take care of your gut. I have a long video on that. Gut health is number one when it comes to sickness and cortisol or stress is number two when it comes to sickness. So really people with strong immune systems, people that never get sick, they have one or two of those things, a really great gut that is really helping with fighting things off and deciding what stays in your body and what gets out. And cortisol or stress is 
one of the top reasons that we all have gut issues. <laughs> so it breaks down our small intestine, our in, it, uh, epithelial tissue, and that's no bueno when you're looking at gut health. So two big things to focus on if you are chronically getting sick or you feel like that you're that person that gets sick. And those are my tips for making sure that you are not getting sick and you feel good. And the rest, I'll let Alexis, our head the head herbalist of Herb Farm, take it from here. Welcome back, Alexis Durham. I'm so happy that we are talking post-Herb Farm trip. I was able to come meet you in person and see the farm, and now we get to talk about more herbs. I think this is a perfect time because everyone's getting sick and sniffles, as you know. So welcome back yeah. to Me Head Hippie. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. First off, I just wanted to really, since I have now been there, really showcase what Herb Farm is about and, you know, what your role is there. If they haven't listened to our first podcast, I mean, we talked about everything from Neanderthals to yarrow to <laughs> to wild crafting and sourcing herbs appropriately. And just to be able to experience it and going to Medford, Oregon. Oh my gosh. I'm just in love with everything you're doing and especially with the ecosystem that you are providing because so many herbs are grown so many different ways. And it just takes seeing that and the dedication to make different places in the same acreage grow herbs appropriately. It was mind blowing. So um, give me a little update how the farm is doing and how the, you, you had a crazy busy season that you're finally winding down on. Um, what is happening over there at Herb Farm? Uh, we're doing great. Thank you. And I have to echo your love for this place. And I first came to Herb Farm in 2010, and it was really love at first sight. So I really understand how you feel about the land. And I think it does that for a lot of people. And I mean, what we're doing right now that we're really excited about, you know, really honestly putting the farm to bed. Uh, we have our third group of herbiculture interns is graduating on Thursday. So that's exciting. That's our educational program that we run. And we also are super excited. We've been growing lavender, and this was our first year that it flowered. Mm -hmm. And we grew an acre, and it was gorgeous. And we live at the same latitude as some areas of France that grow lavender really well. And so we're expanding that. I think we added, I think the exact number is 4,392 little lavender cuttings are growing in our greenhouse right oh now. So <laughs> they're so cute. Yeah, they're just tiny little things. And so we're going to expand to three acres of lavender, which is great because it's a low water crop and we're really trying to work with what we've got, you know. So um, we are definitely prone to drought here in the summer and we think the lavender is going to do really great. I mean, other things we're doing. Oh, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. No, I just love that, especially with lavender, because I feel like maybe this is a good representation to talk a little bit about essential oils, because, you know, you have thousands of little buds of lavender and how much, you know, you guys take, you don't just take the oil, right? You take the full plant and you use tinctures and ways that you can incorporate it in other ways than just essential oil. And I think that's so important because I don't think people fully comprehend how much lavender or how much plant is required for something as concentrated as an essential oil. I completely agree with you. And, you know, we use the flower of the lavender, you know, which people are accustomed to seeing and sachets and teas and, you know, things like that. And it does naturally contain the essential oil, but in a small amount, you know, it contains a lot of other things too that we're able to extract in our tincture. So 
I hear you. I, you know, look at essential oil. It's like gold, you know, that comes from the plant. It's incredibly valuable and it takes a huge amount of plant material to make pretty much all essential oils. So I use them with reverence. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's probably the best way that I can say it. Yeah, I love and that. And moderation, honestly. Just yeah. a little bit more respect for it because I think it's so easy and so uh, it's kind of become a commodity, right? It's like, yeah, essential oil this, essential oil that. And sometimes, especially being at Herb Farm and being like, oh my God, this whole thing would be potentially in what, five bottles? <laughs> it's incredible. Yes, essential oil. It's mm. pretty wild. Yeah, it really puts it in perspective for you, you know, to, to if you ever get the opportunity to see a distillation in process, um, just to see, wow, that is just a tremendous amount of plant material that just went in there to produce this really small amount of essential oil. So it's just a real, gosh, reminder to be mindful and conscious. And then also, you know, there's many things in plants that can be just really useful and help support our body. Mm. Essential oil is not the only thing that's in there that's doing something. Exactly. And I love, you know, the tour that you guys gave and just seeing, of course, you know, land to land and black cohosh versus the yarrow and understanding how it all grows so differently because it does. And you guys have been at that, that place 25 years, but in business for 40, which is just incredible because you get to know the plants, you get to know how they grow and how differently they grow because they all do, they come from all over the world, but to be able to produce about 70 at your own farm is just unheard of. I just think it's the coolest. It is really cool. You know, in another long-term uh, project we're working on, we're planting trees. Mm-hmm. So that area that you were in that was like the riparian area, so closer to our creek um, that had the black cohosh and the other, you know, woodland plants that uh, are going extinct, basically. Mm-hmm. We're planting trees so that we can grow more of those. And so, gosh, that's about probably a 15-year project before that one really comes to fruition, but but totally worth it, you know, for us to create more environment so that we can have more diversity in that area of our farm. And the best example I think that I saw was potentially even uh, golden seal, correct? That was yes. one that was very, and what blew my mind, and we, we're we going to definitely talk about immunity and herbs for immunity and the tinctures that I'm literally sipping on as we are talking <laughs> uh, because I got a little sniffle. Um, but it was interesting because you know, we see these things, whether it's echinacea or golden seal, sometimes we we see the properties and that's all we see, but it was so enlightening for me to also understand how long it takes for these plants to actually mature so that they are usable. And will you, I mean, will you remind me, I don't remember the exact year, but it's at least five years before golden seal can be usable, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Till the roots are, you know, big enough for it to be worth harvesting. Yes. That's crazy. And it's five years of, I mean, that's a five-year-old. It's just like, it doesn't just grow and then you get to use it that season, which I think so many people are accustomed to with mint or something that grows fast and quickly. It's something that has so many benefits, but again, respecting the way that you harvest it. And when it became so popular for immunity, I, I know that did a lot of damage for the plant overall. So you guys spent some time actually not selling, uh, you didn't sell it at all. No, we didn't sell it at all. Yeah. Just, um, I mean, there were sourcing issues and we were concerned, you know, there's definitely concerns over the viability of wild populations of that plant. And I really encourage people to look at labels and you want to be buying cultivated golden seal, you know, ideally certified organic, just because those wild stands are disappearing. Um, Mm. and yeah, 
I lost my I lost track of what I was saying. Sorry, thinking about the plight of Golden Seal here. I know. Um, I'm but, sorry. <laughs> I just. I know it's okay. I'm like, oh, it makes me so sad. And you know, I grow it at my house. That's another thing that I suggest that people do, if you can, is look into ways to grow these herbs yourself, so that you get a better understanding of them, and so that we keep them going. You know, in the future, um, these herbs that we value so much, uh, we want to keep their genetics around and and keep them thriving as much as we possibly can. And then also, you know, frankly, look to other herbs. Um, Golden seal is not the only great herb. There are many others um, that are more just kind of, I mean, the word sustainability is kind of losing its meaning, but there's a lot of herbs that are more sustainable, you know, that we can can grow and harvest more easily without that five-year, you know, um, waiting period that you were just talking about. Yeah, I think sustainability should be in everyone's forefront. So I hope it's not losing its magic because that's ultimately when you look at sustainability to a fitness plan or a nutrition plan or even a plant life and making sure that they like we are literally all in this ecosystem together and I think so many times we as our human brains it's just a little bit of a lack of knowledge which is why this podcast is happening uh we feel so removed from the food on our plate or the herbs in our cup or in our tea but ultimately it's one same big beautiful ecosystem and we have to respect it just like we would uh, anything else. So I just, I really appreciate the work that Herb Farm does, especially what you were saying about planting more trees as a 15 year project. And so many times when something becomes more popular or monetizable, you lose track of long-term goals because there's so much right here, right now that you can do and profit from, and it's glamorous and beautiful, but ultimately you're setting yourself up for failure. And Herb Farm has always done that. They've always thought of the long-term goal, the long-term sustainable, how can we make this a 40-year project, which is just a lesson that everyone needs to learn in their life. I feel like for me, it taught me, oh my God, I need to be so much more patient and conscientious of these decisions that I make every single day. Yes. Well, and willing to take risks. You know, this is a 15-year project and it'll work in some respects, but you know, we're going to stumble along the way. So it takes some courage, really, to do some long-term planning like that and, and a leap of faith, you know, really, that um, that things are going to work out in the interim. And, you know, I really feel like with plants, they almost, most of the time, they do. <laughs> so, Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to talk about um, just or bring up reciprocity and how you talked about the food on our plate and the herbs in our tea or in our cup and just thinking about how those things are taking care of us, you know, and how it's our job to take care of them too. Mm. So I really always try to remind people of that. And it makes me appreciate every meal so much more, every cup of tea so much more to give thanks for the herbs, you know, or the food, and then also the people who grew them, you know, and um, who cared enough to do that. So Mm. it really adds a dimension of meaning to things that might be lacking for some people that I think is awesome. Oh, I love that. I love your attitude and your approach. It's just, it's contagious. And I, I did want to say before I moved on to these immune herbs that everyone is going to need to get in their life ASAP. Um, it was just so crazy walking into your warehouse and where you guys kind of put everything together and all these amazing herbs are concentrated and in a place ready to be bottled and packaged and the the system and the people and just seeing how efficient it is and how much care goes into every single step. But also I looked at you and I was like, I am so overwhelmed. It felt like I was just like <laughs> all the herbs, all the energy was just sitting on my chest, like, whoo. 
So that was so fun because you literally said, just take some yarrow, which is so perfect because yeah. we just needed that energetic separation. And I can only imagine being around herbs that much and how therapeutic it is, but also maybe sometimes overwhelming if it's in high doses. It's, it's so cool to feel their energy in ways that we just think are, I don't know, we're just so disconnected from it. It's just so amazing. I agree. I took Yara before our call today. Oh. You know, it's sitting here right next to me. It's just really one of my greatest allies. Feels like a really good friend. Mm. Um, my friend, a friend plant, you know, that I have to have around me all the time. Oh, I love that. I feel the exact same. <laughs> uh, okay. So sniffles are happening. The immune system is uh, yes. going through some crazy weather. Denver has already snowed four times. It's just been... What? I know. It's crazy. We have so much that snow. That is crazy. And then it'll be 80 degrees the next day. So my body's going through some stuff. And I also have been traveling. I am currently sipping on my absolute favorite tincture from Herb Farm outside of Yarrow, specifically for immunity, black elderberry. And so... Oh, yes. <laughs> yay. I wanted to talk about maybe our favorite herbs for immune season, your top three, if somebody's getting sniffles. Uh, how soon can you catch it and what can you do and how can you support your immune system with herbs? Um, let's start with black elderberry. Oh, I love black elderberry. Um, <laughs> and you know, one thing I love taking tinctures, but I also really just try to integrate herbs into my life, into my foods and stuff. So, um, I'm, I just made a black elderberry apple butter, you know, just, oh um, with some gosh. apples from our tree. And so, you know, finding ways to sneak herbs into your foods and just your life, you know, can be mm. just incredibly helpful. And I love elderberry. Uh, people like it. It tastes pretty good, you know, and so, um, that it makes it easier to get people to take herbs that taste good. So <laughs> I prefer our alcohol-free, um, black elderberry glycerides. And, you know, it's great um, just to give deep support to your immune system. And, you know, whenever you have an immune challenge pop up, that's really one of the first things that I grab is my black elderberry. Mm, and I, it does taste so good. It's like rich and, you know, everything, it tastes like black elderberry. Like I feel like elder wand is a very Harry Potter reference, but yes. that's what I think of every time I, if you're a Harry Potter fan, when I think of, I want to be re resilient and not get sick, I need the elder wand, I need the elderberry. So that's how I remember Seriously. It. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a really magical plant with a lot of cool mythology too. And so it's great that it has really um, just stayed around in our culture, you know, mm -hmm. and is really as important as it is to all of us. Will you explain, because there's two parts. So there's the elderberry and then there's the elderflower. Mm -hmm. I'm not super familiar with elderflower. I've always known elderberry for immune system. But is there a different component that comes with elderflower, or is it also still tied into our immune system? Um, somewhat. You know, traditionally, herbalists, um, I see, we do sell elderflower in a tincture, but you can also consume it in a tea. And so I have seen elderflower, gosh, it might even be in, um, I've seen it in some, like, immune support teas for, um, it has a property that's called diaphoretic. And so that means it's going to increase the temperature of your body. Um, which is good because that encourages pathogens to leave. You know, it's kind of like if you think about cramming a bunch of people into a room and then you turn the heater up, like the first thing that they're going to do is leave the room, mm -hmm. you know. And so that's kind of what that response does in our body. It's hot, um, and this is what a fever does too, and then it makes pathogens want to leave. 
And so that's, you know, historically and traditionally more of the way that I've seen elderflower used. People also will use it in a facial steam. Um, it's really good for the skin. And so um, it's gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. It also, I almost forgot, St. Germain is an elderflower cordial. Oh. Um, that's It's really awesome with like a gin and tonic, to be frank. Oh, um, gosh, so, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, elderflower has been used, I guess, in that industry as well. Um, but if you harvest all the flowers, then you don't get any berries, you know. So um, we got to be mindful so that we can get both, basically. Mm, I love that. And really fast before we move into some other herbs for immunity, can you explain, because I loved seeing this at Herb Farm, seeing the process of an alcohol kind of tincture or a non-alcohol, the glycerite that you mentioned, is there, is it personal preference for people? Is there a way that you kind of lead one to, you know, somebody to one versus the other? Cause you do it both ways. Uh, what, how would you guide somebody if they're looking at tinctures for the first time, trying to incorporate them? What's the best approach to say this might be a better fit or is it just personal preference? You know, a lot of it's personal preference. Um, there are some things in herbs, though, that don't extract well into glycerin, which is why we don't offer an alcohol-free version of every herb, you know, because sometimes it wouldn't make sense because we wouldn't really be making an effective extract. So we're not going to do that. Um, but, you know, we really like making glycerites for children. Um, it is still a really effective extraction medium, and also it's a great preservative. So, you know, children often, you know, shouldn't, um, or parents opt not to give them even small amounts of alcohol. And then also people who are averse to alcohol, you know, they um, are former alcoholics or they just choose not to drink. They really prefer the glycerides. But, you know, it is personal preference. And you have a whole poor kids line, which is so amazing. I know I traveled there with Blake and Blake um, has like a little four-year-old that always gets the sniffles. And so it was just so fun to like explore this whole world where people so many times are asking is this safe for kids? Is this safe for kids? And you guys have already provided all that information for specifically moms and dads that want to give some better alternatives. So just a little heads up for all my mamas and papas listening to this. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I want to add to that. One yeah. thing for the mamas and papas, if you're not using a kid's product by Herb Farm, give us a call um, because we do have recommended ages to start using every specific product, mm -hmm. you know, with children. So we're happy to help with that. I love that. And I also love that I saw like your call center is right there. Like everything is yeah. so, it's a little ecosystem. You guys, it's just incredible. It's so cool. Everything you guys are doing, I'm just in love with. Um, Thank you. <laughs> okay. You have a super immune booster, which is also in my, so I usually just take a cup of hot water and then tincture whatever I need for the day. So sometimes it's Chassandra berry and some uh, adrenal support that you guys have. Today it is uh -huh. my black elderberry and super immune booster. So what some of these herbs in the super immune booster, what would you say were a couple that if you were getting sniffles or sick or you just need to help boost your immune system would be like the top ones that you would make sure that you got into somebody's system. Um, so we're talking about the rapid immune boost. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Hey, it is, it is super. So I knew what you're talking about. Um, you know, that one has the black elderberry in there that we were just talking about. Um, and then also echinacea and echinacea is an awesome herb. And, and that is one that we're really well known for and known for growing. And um, we just put the root in that extract, but um, it's, it's pretty amazing immune support. And then the Rapid Immune Boost also has a little bit of golden seal in it. I love that. And talk to me a little bit about 
the prop, you know, how echinacea and golden seal, we see them together a lot. Again, making sure that it's harvested appropriately and cultivated in the right way. But what makes those herbs kind of make our body stronger? What would you say would be the best kind of explanation of those combinations for our immune system? Oh my gosh. Um, that's really interesting. Um, I mean, we know echinacea has um, a really direct effect on our immune system. Um, and golden seal also, but golden seal also works um, on our digestive system, which I think that you know is really intimately connected with our immune response. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also has an impact on our mucous membranes. Um, so we're pretty aware of that in our respiratory system. Mm-hmm. And so they, they complement each other. They're like a very good team, basically, because they're coming at immune support from different angles and supporting like different secondary systems of the body as well. I love it. And how would someone, would you say, if is it good to take it daily? How would you have someone incorporate herbs into their winter routine as it's getting colder, as they're getting sniffles? Is it onset? Is it making sure that it's when I have sniffles, I have them nearby? Or is there kind of a protocol that you like to recommend for somebody as you know this kind of cold season, immune depressing season is upon us. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm going to share like what my personal routine is. Oh, that's perfect. Which is um, as the you know I notice the days are starting to get shorter. I actually feel like I'm preparing for immune season all year round um, because I am making stock. You know, basically I make soup stock pretty consistently throughout the year, and that is one place that I add my herbs. You know, into mm-hmm. my diet because I know that I'll traditionally be making more soup. You know, in the fall and in the winter, and so I always put astragalus mm-hmm. into my stock, and I always put reishi mushroom into my stock, and so those are two awesome immune supporting herbs that they're really more like system builders, you know, so we're really trying to like beef up the immune system a little bit as we move into this time where we can be more vulnerable, eating more sugary foods, traveling more, and it just exposed to more, you know, germs, frankly. And so um, if we just make ourselves stronger, we can be a little bit less susceptible. I love that. And, how, do you yeah. make, how do you make your stock? Oh, you know, I'm one of those, I've got a couple Ziploc bags in the freezer that I take all of like, you know, the odds and ends of vegetables that I chop for all my meals and then any bones that I have left over and put them in a giant pot and cook them all together. And I add things like nettles and astragalus and reishi. Um, I often add hawthorn berry and rosemary and, you know, just kind of whatever I have on hand and herb wise to that. And then you know, um, my partner and I, he actually works on the farm here. Uh, we try to eat at least a quarter of it a week, you know, in the fall season and in the winter just to keep us just feeling healthier. I love that. And he, he's great. I also got to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I love that kind of combo of just being prepared. I think so many times we're just so reactive. We are not preventative. And so what you just said is very beautifully well done of an example of how we can just think a little bit ahead. We don't have to be so short-term, short-sighted, one month at a time. It's just so hard for us to kind of get out of our day-to-day routine and even think about something in four months because it's four months from now. And I know I'm very guilty of this. I'm like, oh, it's four months. Don't even think about it. But I just appreciate that very simple example of thinking a little bit more long-term of just making sure your immune system is getting what it needs. That's so great. Awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, there are times like where you're at right now where you get the sniffles and that's when I grab my rapid immune boost, you know, or it's when I feel like, uh uh-oh, 
uh, I feel a challenge coming on, you know, and I'm not feeling as great as usual. I kind of reach for what I would consider stronger herbs, you know, at that point to really help me through that hurdle or get over that hurdle. Yeah. It's, and it's, I mean, it's very rapid. I feel so grateful that, you know, the, you, you could just tell it in the quality. I think sometimes people aren't sure, is it placebo? Is it not working? If they're not in, I highly recommend listening to our first podcast that Alexis and I did um, a couple months back, just because it's just a little bit more of the explanation of herbs and how they work in our body. But uh, again, I just think this is so important and relevant for people. What What would you say if people are getting into the busy holiday season? Uh, you are so good at mindfulness. So I feel like I'm going to pick your brain a little bit on just make, I, everyone needs to be as happy as Alexis is. That's basically what we, we all need to learn lessons from you. Seriously, you have so much joy. It's like so contagious. Oh, you're so kind. Thank no, you. I know everyone listening is going to agree. You're just, a, it's just beautiful to see people doing what they love, but also just doing it with like an air of, it, there's no other option. It's just who you are. It's just so amazing. So I really appreciate it. And I know that you have, it's, everyone has stressors. Holiday season is coming. Um, sometimes that's a good thing for people. And a lot of times it's just a, it's a hard season, you know, it's uh, heavy and family and there could be a lot of things going on. So what would you say is your favorite way with herbs or with lifestyle tips that you kind of have just really fine tuned in your own life that help you prepare for one of the busiest seasons of the year? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm very much a work in progress, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I appreciate you acknowledging the joy. Um, and I'm so lucky that I get to do what I can, you know, what I do here at Herb Farm. It gives a lot of meaning to my life. Um, but you know, um, this is a stressful time of year. And so things that I'm thinking about and trying to do, you know, honestly, I try to take my digestive bitters, um, just because we know that bitters impact so many other systems of the body in addition to your digestion. It's, so that's really good for you. I am a huge proponent of, um, helping the nervous system. I am, while joyful, a neurotic person, you know, and so I take a lot of herbs. Um, pretty consistently. I love our nervous system tonic. That's mm -hmm. one of my favorite products that we have. So I take that and lemon balm pretty steadily. I feel like they help, you know, um, kind of lift me up and um, where you can get a little bit frazzled with stress and family and all that stuff. It just kind of helps smooth the edges out for me. Mm -hmm. I'm also trying to sleep more, to be totally honest. And just um, as it gets darker, that feels like a natural thing to do. And then something I've really been working on is um, practicing gratitude, you know, and taking a moment whenever I'm really stressed and trying to think of three things that I'm just super grateful for and get out of that stress for a second and just change my perspective, mm, yeah. which some days is easier than others, yeah. you know. It really is. I uh, I don't know if you know this. I just wrote a book and I wrote a poem about how many times it's like you just know you could say three things say three three things you're grateful for say three things you're grateful for and it just cannot connect your it's like your mind can't quite connect with your body you know you're yeah. in this resistance of you know you have things to be grateful for but you just don't feel it and your brain is like I don't feel it so I'm not going to actually get anything out of this so it is such a practice of being able and I love that you said lemon balm because that's the one for me when I am like in the moodiness, lemon balm is always the one that kind of makes me a little less moody. <laughs> I hear you. Yes. Um, yes. I love lift the spirits. Yes. What's in your nervous system tonic? I'm not familiar with that one. 
Um, it has got um, oats and skull cap, which oh. are really considered to be pretty restorative to the nervous system. Um, it's also got some St. John's wort and lavender and then celery seed, which surprised me. That was an herb that I didn't know a lot about until I came here and started really looking at this formula. But it was traditionally used to support the nervous system. Huh. And so it's uh, it's an awesome formula, really one of my favorites. Uh, oats. Oat and being in your like land of oat because you guys use milky oats to rejuvenate the lands, which is so crazy. I just this is also I know I'm like nerding out about this, but I want everyone to hear about this experience in case they didn't see it. But it was amazing because every five years you rechange the crop, correct? So that you take some time off. It might be less and it might be very varying plant to plant, but you have to take time off from growing things. The land has to rejuvenate. And so the way you do that is you just kind of let this oat, milky oat grow. And then they have all these little tiny tops that you squeeze and it's, it's weirdly rewarding and it pops (laughs) (laughs) and it's delicious. It's like, so it's just so cool. And it's also how it's restoring the land, but it also restores you and your nervous system. And it just is this beautiful kind of full circle. It's just so cool. I think it's awesome. I totally agree. Um, we're able to do that with another one, uh, red clover mm. and, and our alfalfa. You know, those are cover crops where we can go out and, you know, harvest the, in the flowering tops of the red clover, but leave the clover in the ground so that, um, you know, it's fixing nitrogen in our soil, you know, which is just awesome, you know, that we're able to, you know, make an extract and help people and then also be helping the soil at the same time. Mm. And I would love to just briefly address that. I know that, you know, we, have a lot of things on this with the people that do this on your farm. Uh, so just a brief overview of somebody's, somebody's really new to regenerate regenerative agriculture or in general, just understanding that land needs time off. Is there a way you could explain that really quickly for someone brand new to learning about land and agriculture? Um, yeah, I'll do my best. We actually, um, I guess I'll start with just telling people what we're doing. So we're kind of like what we would consider beyond certified organic. And right now we're part of a pilot program for regenerative organic certification. And we just had our audit yesterday, which I'm hoping went really well. I know that the guys were very busy out at the farm yesterday. So um, really exciting. And it's really just a commitment to soil health, you know, basically, because so much of Um, The top two inches of soil contain a tremendous amount of life, you know, and so we want to farm in a way where we are retaining carbon in the soil and just retaining the, you know, um, soil health in general. And so one of the ways we do that is by allowing the land to rest, you know, and planting cover crops on it that are just helping to nourish the soil. And so we have fields that we allow to be fallow, and that's what that's called, you know, whenever we're letting them rest. And fields don't like to be bare. You know, there's nothing that we leave. Like, that's when just weeds come in. And even the weeds are doing that kind of work for us. You know, they're really trying to help the health of the soil. But um, so we plant them intentionally, basically basically with um, plants that are rich in carbon and plants that are helping to fix nitrogen in the soil. And really, um, you know, even daikon radish is one of the cover crops that we use. Mm. And it's really long and it's helping to break up hard pan, you know, some of the harder soil that's in those like lower layers. And so pretty cool. It's so cool. It's just the coolest. I, well, congrats on 
the audit and I hope it all goes well. I can't wait to hear about this. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. We're the only herb farm involved, so we feel pretty special. Oh, that's amazing. Um, okay. And then lastly, because I want to kind of give somebody some good takeaways, obviously these tinctures are so easy to add to hot water and some lemon, but do you have a favorite drink or tonic or a recipe that it combines all these herbs or kind of makes it easier for someone to have like a cup of tea, like a sipping on herbs in their hand um, to help with their immune system? Um, well, you know, honestly, it's not, it's not an herb farm product, but chai, Ooh. you know, um, chai is great. It's got a lot of herbs that help to support circulation and healthy digestion and your immune system. And so, and it's warming, you know, and mm. it helps keep you warm and get all your blood, you know, flowing really well through your body. And so for me, that's, you know, one of my favorites to reach for in the winter. I love that. You know, I actually am so glad you said this because I was a weird kid and I remember being <laughs> about, I was I think I was 14 years old and I decided I wanted to make my own chai and I was just in love with the smell of it. And every time I walk into this, I mean, it's so true. What is in chai tea? I think people think of chai tea lattes and kind of the sugary, milky, probably not the best for your immune system because yeah. of the dairy and the phlegm, but the true chai tea with the cardamom and cinnamon and is it clove and maybe what else is in yes, that? Clove or star anise. Yeah. Um, you you can put all kinds of, you know, warming herbs in there, uh, to be honest. Mm. And put your astragalus in there. That's something that I do, you know, mm. or like if you like ashwagandha, put that in your chai, yes. you know, like you can kind of disguise the limit. Um, it's, that's a really nice way to, to sneak other immune herbs in there. I also put holy basil in chai, you know, because oh. I love holy basil oh. so or tulsi. I love Tulsi um, too. It's like, yeah, you know, want, it can do everything. <laughs> yes, I know. It's like, where do you start with that herb? <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. And then the last thing, if someone is a kid that is getting sick or if it's a mom and dad listening, it, is it just best to call Herb Farm when it comes to immune support for kids? How does somebody get to know, you know, these gentle supports that herbs so broadly are for somebody that is brand new to them, but also very interested resources would I would you say herb farm blog and also calling is there any other place that people can go to kind of learn about this especially if it's their kid that's getting sick yeah I mean our website is a great resource because you can just kind of click on kids and search all of our products that way um, it's herb hyphen farm com. you can also call us because um, we can walk you through how to use specific products because kids can use a lot of the same herbs that adults can they just need to take smaller amounts that are kind of based on their body weight so we kind of walk you through that process and then I completely forgot that we're doing something pretty new and cool which is selling kind of collections of multiple products mm. um, um, to make it easier for people maybe who are newer to herbs who don't know what to buy, like let us, you know, you know, give you this collection of four different things that kind of help you address different challenges that might pop up. And one of those is a kid's immune collection. Mm -hmm. And so it's got several different products in it um, that are pretty awesome. I think it's got our kid's immune um, fortifier. So that's kind of more of our system builder. We've got our Kids Immune Avenger, which is kind of like the kids' version of Rapid Immune Boost that you're taking right now. I think it also has the alcohol-free um, black elderberry glycerite and then a throat spray that we have called Throat TLC. So all herbs, you know, that um, we know have a really high safety profile when used with kids. 
And all of those actually taste really great too. They do. Which, uh, yeah. It's yeah. like necessary for kids to want to do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The spoonful of sugar thing was real, you know? So <laughs> it's actually, I mean, not that's the glycerin sugar, but just that getting it to taste good makes it easier. Yes. And also, I mean, adults are the same way. Let's be honest. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's so true. Yes. <laughs> oh, this is so great, Alexis. I just am so in love with everything you guys are doing at Herb Farm. So do you guys just kind of close out for winter? You let things grow on their own? What does it look like in, in the winter? Um, after you guys have just been busy harvesting and growing and all of that? You know, it, it slows down at the farm. Um, what they're going to do is take probably a few weeks off, and then they come back and make the crop plan for next year. So they mm-hmm. kind of decide what plant is going to go where. And But, you know, we, we process a lot of dried herbs, too. So, you know, where I work at the facility where you toured, you know, we just keep going because we've got dried herbs that we have to, you know, get going and keep going throughout the winter. So things do slow down and that, you know, a little bit because we don't have fresh herbs, you know, showing up that like, oh, here's 2,000 pounds of this that we need to get processed within the next seven hours, you know. So um, some of that stress is removed, but, you know, we still stay really busy with everything else and and processing all our dried herb extracts. Mm. I love it. Alexis, I love what you're doing. I, I feel like you found the perfect place for you. And I just feel so lucky that I got to go and meet you and see everything that we're talking about. I know, you know, I just want everyone to experience what this world looks like and feel a little bit more connected to it. So I hope this podcast did that in some way. Me too. Thank you. It is such a joy to talk with you and congratulations on your book. That is fantastic. <laughs> You're so welcome. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, who knows? It's kind of new and fresh and a weird book of poems, but I'll make sure I send you one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I thank- support you and just really appreciate what you do for people, Emily. Oh, thank you so much, Alexis. Well, all the yarrow and love and herbs and I will talk to you soon. You take good care and right back at you. Thank you everyone for listening. If you want to check out herbfarm.com, use the code EMILY15 for 15% off. Really fun stuff. They're incorporated in the Body Awareness Project quite a bit. And also, if you just check out Herbal Element Instagram or Steep Sip Mend, all my tips are kind of tied into that. So have an amazing day and I will be back on soon.